Our second scripture reading today comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 47 to 50. Listen for God's word to you today. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. And when it was full, they drew it ashore, sat down, and put the good into baskets, but threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is a spicy parable we have today. Yeah, some of you are really ready for it. Um, I want to start just by saying hi again to those watching online at home. Um, Great to be in worship with you, those listening to our sermon podcast later in the week, and all of you who made it through the rain and the muck to be here in person today. It's great to see you um, in worship in this place. We're in a sermon series this fall where we are looking at parables of, uh, from Jesus about what the kingdom of God might be like, and each one is a little snippet just a window into what God's kingdom is all about. And in our story today, Jesus says that the kingdom of God is like a net that's thrown out into the sea. And it's kind of a drag net. And the way that it worked is that it would be put between two boats and spread across two different boats. And then as the boats moved, the net would suck up and catch everything that was in its path. Another way that a drag net would be used is that it would be put out way out at sea and then pulled in from shore. People on land would pull the net in, and as that big drag net came into shore, it would just catch everything along the way. So the first thing that sort of stands out in this story as we hear it is that this net is so big and so broad that it catches all kinds of things, some fish, some crabs, some old soda cans, a boot, a tire, All sorts of, um, a mix of things are caught up in this one big net. Jesus might be saying to the church, remember, there are all kinds of people, all kinds of circumstances, all kinds of stuff that is caught up together in the kingdom of God. And the good news that is there, of course, is that everybody's welcome. All sorts of folks are welcome to be brought up into this net um, together. In fact... As a church, we expect to see people of every different shape and form, different cultures and backgrounds, every political stripe, everywhere on the socioeconomic ladder, with different educational uh, levels, marital statuses, sexual identities, places along the faith journey. We're all caught up together in this one big net. It's a story of grace. But then the story goes on, and it says that once the net is full, that the fisher folk, the fishermen, they sit down together on the shore, they open up the net, and they look at what they've caught. And some of it is good, so they keep it, and some of it is not so good, so they throw it away. And in the parable, Jesus provides some explanation. He says, so it will be at the end of the age. This is how it'll be at the end of time, a long time from now, or whenever it is that the angels will come, these divine figures, representatives of God, they will separate the the good from the righteous. Some will be kept, and some will be thrown out. And this is kind of the bad news part of the story, if we're listening, because we say, oh, man, that sounds tough. We might think that that um, is, is sort of a hard thing to hear. Everybody's caught up in the same net, but then at some point, in the end, we're sorted out. There's a judgment that is made. 
I wonder if this story strikes our modern ears as kind of, you know, worrisome, harsh. We don't know if we like it. We're not sure if we're for it or against it. I mean, what if you were the wrong kind of fish? What if it turned out in the end that we or the ones we loved were that sort of bad fish in the story? One day you're swimming along happy as a clam. The next you find out you're in a net and you're the wrong kind of fish, so you're tossed out on the other side of judgment in the wrong category. This parable probably made more sense to the disciples because many of them were fishermen, and they knew this uh, experience themselves. The way that they would go out on their boats all day long, dragging their drag nets, and then get to the shore, they'd open it up, and they'd look at what they caught. And we know that some of the things that they caught weren't so good. I mean, maybe there were tin cans and boots in there, but maybe some of the fish were too small, and they had to throw them back. Maybe some of the fish um, were already dead or mangled, and they didn't want those. We know that there were kosher food laws in the, for the Jewish people, and those were well known to the disciples. So things like shellfish, monkfish, squid were considered non-kosher, not edible. Just by definition, they weren't good to eat, so they had to be thrown out. But this parable can make us a bit uneasy because it begs the question, you know, what if we were among those fish deemed unworthy? Is there something wrong with who we are? To help us think about that, let me reframe the story for you. Instead of a dragnet pulling up every kind of fish in the sea, what if it was a garage sale? Or, you know, an estate sale, which is really a garage sale with a fancier name. Um, Do any of you ever go to garage sales? Anybody ever go to a garage sale? Yeah, thank you, um, whoever that was. Um, My kids and I like to cruise garage sales on Saturdays. When there's one in the neighborhood, you know the sort of thing where people um, put, put out a sign and put out all their stuff on their lawn. The thing with a garage sale is you never know what kind of treasure you're going to find. As they say, one person's trash is another person's treasure, and that is the case. And so we always go looking for something we might like. You never know what you're going to find. So if you were to buy something at a garage sale, I think it says more about you, what you like, what you value, what you're looking for, than about the particular treasures laid out on the lawn. It says more about you than the person selling those things. You know, they're going to put out everything. Their old clothes, their old records, their CDs and cassette tapes. They're going to put out belts and books and bric-a-brac of every sort. In a garage sale, it's almost indiscriminate, indiscriminate at the kinds of things that people will put out. Teaspoons from Taiwan, a lawnmower without a blade, a lamp in the shape of a 49ers football helmet. You can see a lot of stuff at a garage sale. The list goes on. So then the discerning garage sale shopper will go in and decide what is good and what is not. And it's all in the eye of the beholder. It's all up to you. What are you looking for? What's valuable to you? What's important? Recently, I took my kids to a garage sale, and uh, we walked away with a book for Abby that had like a secret compartment in it and a pocket knife for Theo. And that really reflects both of them right now. They're really into those kinds of things. I think that um, this story today might be something like that. It's saying not so much about all the fish in the sea, every kind of thing that is caught in the net. It is saying a little bit more about the fisherman, the one who is there opening the net and making decisions about what to keep and what to throw. It's Jesus himself who is sorting through the fish in the net. Jesus himself at the end who is the one to decide what to keep and what to throw away. And this is really good news for us because of what we know about Jesus. 
This is really good news in this story because of who Jesus is. This is not a self-improvement parable. This is not like get right and become a better fish. This is a question of who's the fisherman and what's he looking for. The work belongs to the one who we know to be God's own son. The work belongs to the one who came into the world, he said, not to condemn the world, but so that the world might be saved through him. That's Jesus' purpose. Jesus is the one who rebuked the Pharisees and told them he had not come to to the healthy because the healthy have no need of a doctor. He had come for the sick. He had come, he said, to call the righteous, and not the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. That's what Jesus' purpose is. That's who he is. So that's what we need to know when we consider the parable of the net and the fish. The purpose of the fisherman is to look for the kind of fish he wants. The purpose of Jesus is not to categorize us into the righteous and the reprobate, but to seek us and find us, to redeem us and save us. Maybe to put it another way, Jesus didn't come looking for the good fish. He's looking for the bad fish. To quote a ska band, are you a bad fish too? So this is not our work. This is the work of Jesus himself in our lives. Even the way that this net functions in the story is a sign of grace. Think about this. This is not a fast fishing operation. You know, it takes time to set out a dragnet. It takes time to uh, pull it in, trawling over the course of hours and hours as as the net fills up with fish before it is finally pulled out of the water. It's good news for us because the fisherman doesn't just walk along like kind of like a bear in a stream and just jab the hand in there and pull out a fish and say, good fish or bad fish, a snap decision, maybe in one moment, maybe in the worst moment. That's not the way that this fishing operation works. Instead, it takes place over hours and days. The dragnet of the kingdom of God takes time. So I wonder what happens inside the net. What is going on among all these fish as they kind of swim into the net, a net that has not yet been pulled to shore? I'm wondering that because I feel like we're in the net right now. Now, you got to suspend your thinking a little bit because in this case, being in the net is a good thing, not a bad thing. I don't want to be a fish caught in a net in the river, but in this story, it is a good thing. We're all caught in the net that hasn't been pulled to shore yet. So what happens in that place before we're sorted by God? Well, maybe it gives us time to grow or grow up. Maybe it gives us time to develop in our lives to become more the people that we are meant to be. I don't know about you, but I am certain that I don't want to be judged on my 17-year-old self or my 30-year-old self. I wonder if the things that I'm struggling with now will be different when I'm 50 or 70 or 90. Maybe that's true for you too. There's good news in the story of the net because it takes time before those fish are pulled in. And what happens in the meantime? I'm thinking about a friend of mine, somebody I grew up with a long time ago, um, and he was kind of like the bad boy of the kids of our church. Now, that might not say a lot to you. You're like, oh, church kids were bad. But this guy was actually kind of bad. Um, He, uh, you know, yeah. Um, By the time he got into high school, he was running with a different crowd. He got into drugs and drug dealing. Uh, He interacted with the law enforcement and gang stuff and all that kind of thing. He he, He drifted away from everything he had known before. 
And then through his 20s and 30s, this, this old friend of mine, he, he continued to live a pretty tough life. He worked at kind of a low-end job. His relationships never seemed to last. And he, seemed, he always was a bit lost. If we had to sit down and open up the net on the seashore, let's say 30 years ago, 20 years ago, I probably would have sat down and pulled him out as a fish and said, look at this bad fish. Sorted him out. But then a funny thing happened a couple years ago. This guy, he met a girl. It's like the beginning of a story. He met a girl, and as their relationship developed, he developed too. In a different way from before, little by little, he became less of an overgrown boy and more of a man. Someone that she could rely on, someone who was there for their kids, who embraced who, embraced who he was, even as he tried to grow up. A couple years into their relationship, he, he posted a, on Facebook about it, and he, he said that his now wife had challenged him and said, I think you're drinking too much. And he took that to heart. And I couldn't believe it when this former bad boy, this party guy, shared that he was six months sober and that his wife had changed his life and he was so thankful that she hadn't given up on him. This is a, a second marriage for both of them. You know, a second chance. And life's like that. It's long. It's not just one moment. It takes time. And if I'm honest, I always thought he was kind of a bad fish. You know, if there was a binary where the list is like this, good on one side and bad on the other, I would have gotten it wrong. I love what Brene Brown says about this. She's an author and a speaker. She says, all I know is that my life is better when I assume that people are doing their best. It keeps me out of judgment and lets me focus on what is and not what should be or could be. Here's the thing about this net in this story. We naturally think that we're the fisher folk who are supposed to sit down in the net, open it up, and decide what kind of fish everybody is. We might think that today or tomorrow or definitely within the year, the time will come for some serious judgment. But it's not. That's not our job. It turns out that Jesus himself is the fisherman. And in, the net, and in the net that we're all scooped up in together, there are fish of every kind. There are the good, there are the bad, and then there are what most of us are, somewhere in process. Anyone here in process? Thank you for raising your hand. We're still growing up into what we're meant to, to be. We're not fully formed even as adults, many of us. And the good news of this story from the net is that there's time for that. There's a place for that, and we're caught up in it right now together. If we don't believe in the possibility of change, I don't know if we believe in the gospel. Not the gospel of self-help, not the gospel of do it better and do it harder, the gospel of grace where God meets us right where we are, right with who we are, but doesn't leave us there. Transformation, change, growth, forgiveness, redemption, starting over, all of these are outcomes when we experience the grace of God. And I want more of that in my life, and I want more of that for you in your life too. So how do we live in the meantime? 
You know, what does this mean for us today? As we're hearing this message about staying away from judgment of others, we know that we also need discernment. Discernment is the good side of judgment. We all discern our way through life. I love what um, Maya Angelou says. Maybe you've seen this quote before. She says, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them the first time. When somebody shows you or tells you who they are, what they're about, believe them. They're, they're telling you the truth. It's not judgmental to believe them, to take somebody for who they are and say, okay, that's what that person is like, but it's discerning. Let's be clear. There, are, there is such a thing as right actions and wrong actions, right words and wrong words, attitudes, ways of thinking. There's such a thing as treating people well and treating people badly. When somebody shows you who they are and how they talk to you, or treat people around you, whether for good or bad, believe them. They're telling you the truth of their lives. Pastor Erica and I talk about this all the time. We kind of chuckle because here in the church, we know that we're just pulled up in this big dragnet together. And there's a difference between judging somebody and being discerning. We can hold those two things together. We can be discerning about who we're closest with who we share life with, who we trust, who we listen to, who we invite into our inner struggles, who we put up with. There's a difference between that and being judgmental, where we reject somebody, categorize them, and cast them out into weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know, it's up to God to sort them out, so we don't have to worry about that. We can be patient because we're on a journey. We have to be wise because not everybody is going to be in your inner circle. Not everybody is going to be your person in this life. But God is showing us a more excellent way. So let me finish today, one more minute for you, to remind us of some of the things that we do know from God's Word about the final criteria that God wants to use in this big sorting out, this big fishnet that gets opened on the beach. The prophet Micah in the Old Testament put it this way, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? The Shema in the book of Deuteronomy, also in the Old Testament, says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. And then in the book of Leviticus, we hear it says, love your neighbor as yourself, and Jesus is the one who brings these two big ideas together. Love God, love neighbor. This is the basic stuff of our Christian faith. So I don't suggest that you go to a garage sale on the weekend and try to judge everything laid out there on the lawn. It's not worth it. But if you go garage sale shopping, as I do, go in with an eye to look for what is valuable to you, what's important to you, what you would treasure, and look for that. When it comes to being caught up together in a net here as a church, I would say do not come ready to judge the other fish who are swimming around the net with you. It's not worth it. Instead, come into the life of our church um, here in the net that has not yet been dragged to shore, come with the idea that God's grace is here for others and for you. Even fish that look pretty different from you and whose lives are on their own trajectory because yours is too. And in all of this, we seek to trust in the great fisherman in the story. That's Jesus. He knows his work. 
He knows his mission. He knows his fish. So may this little story of grace be a help to you in your life of faith this week. Amen.